Hello, everybody. This is the Manoli's Musings Podcast. I am your host, Manoli, and I have a special guest with me now. Uh, say hello. Hi, my name is Bryce. Uh, I've been Manoli's friend, fortunately, I think, for the last 20 years? No, almost 20, 18, oh. 16, 15, something like that year. Although know. Manoli claims to be done with me now. That I, I so. Yeah, this is, yeah, I, I, I brought him back for this just because I, I think we needed some closure, but... This is it, Bryce. I've known you for too long is the issue. So it's a valid point. No, we've we've been in school together for uh, almost the whole way up. I mean, yeah. first grade. First grade, we we met it, and then you know we were friends. I don't know how exactly we became friends, but somehow he's put up with me all this time. And you know, it, no no easy work on my part either putting up with him because this guy is he's something else. And you'll you'll get some of that. But yeah, I've known him my whole life basically, and then. Uh, we went to college together, and you know we've stayed close. We stayed stayed good. I was in his wedding last October. It was a very nice affair. That's great. Very nice affair. I know I talked about how I don't usually like weddings, but this was a good one. Okay, this is a good one. I'm glad we were the exception. You're the exception. Yes, what a miracle! What a miracle! Um, so Bryce has a lot of uh, interest. I should say he he's very much into he he's an analytical kind of guy. He likes to he likes to think himself through things. He likes to. He, he observes things. He likes NASCAR. He loves hockey. He likes to make spreadsheets, um, that kind of thing. But he also has an affinity for airports. Uh, I do. Where, where did this come from? Your, your very critical eye when it comes to where you, you know, your airport. Yeah. I mean, I think um, just commercialism in general interests me. It's not like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love it. But it's like I think airports are like a, just this hub of just – everything in your face from flights and travel and tourism to all the stores and the shopping and the restaurants. And there's so much, uh, like never in your life will you be in a place other than an airport where you can just walk from a Best Buy to a Carabas without leaving the same building and then hop on a flight to Cancun right after. And so it's just, I don't know, just a wonderful place that it's unlike anything else. And I think there are good airports. I think there are awful airports, and I'd love to talk about it if you're okay. With oh that. yes, I you know I've I've done my fair share of traveling as well. So so what 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 would you say is your favorite airport that you you've been to? All right, so we'll start with favorite. Favorite airport would be the Baltimore Washington Airport, Thurgood Marshall Baltimore Washington Airport. I'm so sorry. Uh, so it's halfway between DC and Baltimore. It's the it's the third DC airport by technicality which kind of makes it the armpit, but it is a hidden gem. It's mostly used by Southwest. Um, Southwest, if you don't know, for the listeners out there, kind of just makes their own airports. They say, screw the screw the man, we're just going to do something else. Like Love Field. Like right? Love Field, yes. like Midway. Um, lots of airports. Like oh, They were at Long Beach instead of LAX for a while. Different ones like, same thing, they're at like LaGuardia. Anyway, um, all that to say, they love doing the other thing. Um, and Baltimore, Washington is a prime example of them doing the other thing, or they've built this wonderful airport all for themselves, really. Um, it's, I think the thing that makes it great for me is that it's not large, but in the compact space it's in, it has every single amenity and food desire you could possibly want from Chick-fil-A to Dunkin' to Seattle's best coffee to Asian food. Um, and it's Southwest. And I love Southwest. They have cheap flights. And it's such a great airport. Uh, normally, I find myself at the Baltimore-Washington airport 
by accident. Normally I always get rerouted there, which is kind of a blessing in disguise because amidst the disgruntledness of having my flight plans change, I get to experience a long layover in a wonderful airport. And so I think Baltimore, Washington is the clear favorite for me. Um, I would like to know your opinion on a great airport. Well, I've, I've not experienced uh, Baltimore, Washington. I, I, I can't say, you know, um, I find that the airports that are the best are the ones that surprise you. Yes. For example, uh, the airport in New Orleans has, I think it's Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. Armstrong. It, it, the abbreviation is MSY. That's right. And it's it's they've done a fantastic renovation on it. They have a Cafe Du Monde there. You can get some beignets, some coffee. Uh, it's really they've really impressed me with their renovation. It's very new, chic, modern. You got good food there. They've done a good job. I hate I only get to spend much time there because you fly out, you fly in late, you fly out early. So you fly in, you wouldn't spend any time there anyway. See, there's no logic here. You see, I, I'm the illogical one. He's the logical one. So I always mess up. So and you, my listeners know this by now. I'm just kind of an erratic mess. But yeah, uh, New Orleans has, has really impressed me with the renovation because it used to kind of suck. But now it's now it's good. Um, I would say... The Tampa airport is not bad. You're right. It's it's not bad. I flew down there for your bachelor party, and I I, I enjoyed my time waiting there on you my return. F- now you flew on a new airline to Tampa. Yes, I, talk, I'm, I think the listeners would enjoy hearing about an airline that is not Delta, American, or United. Yes. So this is Breeze Airways. It's one of you know it's one of those new, uh, you know, there's always a new airline every now and then, right? They kind of spring up. They they do the low low fare thing. So it was. Uh, you know, flight to Tampa, it was on breeze. It was nice and easy. They had a screen on the back of the seat. The seats reclined. I was happy with that for an hour and a half flight. I mean, you can't really beat it. It, it, left, it left late. I think I left Charleston about 7 p.m. And I got there. You picked. You were graciously picked me up from the airport mm-hmm. with uh, y'all had just come from the, the baseball game. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, it was nice and easy. I knew someone on the flight. Somebody we went to high school with, but just happened to be on the same flight. So I sat with him. We talked. We called up. Uh, yeah, nice and easy breeze. I like breeze. Would you say easy flight, breezy? Yeah, there it is. I was going to ask. Easy if breezy. Your flight was a breeze. It was a breeze. It was that? a breeze. You know, they they. I don't think they had a. Did they have service? I don't think so. They might have given me pretzels, but you know, at this point, what else do you need? For uh, I'm going to be biased here. I'm all for any airline that wants to make Charleston its hub. Absolutely. Yes, we need. We need investment. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. So what would you say is your least favorite airport? Least favorite airport would be Charlotte by far. Charlotte Charlotte cannot stop doing construction at any point. Uh, For the listeners who are about to scream and talk about how awful LaGuardia is, first of all, you're right. LaGuardia is not good. You have not been to Charlotte, it appears. Charlotte is full of construction, full of bad smells and odors, uh, and just... No consistency in good restaurants, good food. I think their only coffee option is Starbucks, which is fine. I just like other options. You know, uh, they don't even have Chick-fil-A in the airport, which is really oh, devastating. Uh, south. It's really sad. In the, south, in, in the South, in a major Southern city. It's oh. awful. Uh, they're an American hub. I'm not the biggest fan of American, personally. Uh, so that makes things worse. And then usually... If there's any American airport where the it seems like the delays and the lost luggage always happens, it's normally always Charlotte. Um, for every reason. It's like the New York airports are normally fine with American. Dallas is normally okay. 
even Chicago, but specifically the issues seem to always happen out of Charlotte. And so all that to say, uh, I'm not really a huge fan of Charlotte. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I something interesting about Charlotte is that um, a friend of mine was there, my friend Catherine, she said, um, why are, are you at the Charlotte airport? Cause you have like 50 doppelgangers here. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, everybody in the Charlotte airport looks like you. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? She's like, they they look like they have the hair, the fit. I'm like, what is my fit? I don't think I have a fit. She's like, you know, a nicest shirt with jeans. I'm like, is that my fit? And she's like, yeah, you have about 50 of you at the Charlotte airport at any given time. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Flash forward, you know, maybe a month, two months later, who texts me? Tiz, are you at the Charlotte airport? Huh. I just saw somebody look just like you. I'm like, so I have an animosity against the Charlotte airport because they have they have a bunch of me in there. And I, I there can only be one. So, there can only be one Manola. There are. I have seen bumped into, and this is going to sound weird. Uh, there are. If there's ever been an airport where I've seen like the most like famous people before, it's Charlotte for whatever reason. Like I've seen like different athletes and stuff I recognize. Like uh, last time I was there, I bumped into Michael McDowell, who won the most recent Daytona 500 oh. um, for 2021. Won the Daytona 500. He was just walking around the airport. I'm like, okay. Did you say hi? I did not because I had already passed by him. When I had done the double take and said, oh, that's Michael McDowell just walking on by. Cool. And then I just kept on going. I should have run back. But then again, I didn't want to be that he guy. Would have, you, you know, he would have liked to have been recognized. Probably. probably. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's busy. Maybe. Well, maybe. maybe. Yeah, you, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, so I have an animosity with Charlotte in that regard. Now, how do you feel about the Jack? What, what the heck is it called? Jackson Hartsfield? All right. So let's talk big four. So the big four. The so, big four. Is yeah, the big four? I would think so. I would think Atlanta, so, JFK, JFK O'Hare, and LAX. Okay. Uh, so Atlanta serves its purpose. In my opinion, it is large. It is massive. Yeah, the train uh, moves rather quickly. Uh, you really can make a half-hour connection there. I don't know how, but you can do it, uh, even if it's seven terminals away. Um, no, it's, it's, it's an airport that serves its purpose. It's not necessarily like a wow. Like it's great. Cause I think anyone who flies into Atlanta knows what they're expecting. Um, but overall I think it's great. I don't have a lot to say about Atlanta. Uh, it's got everything you can imagine. Yeah, my father's a Delta guy. So yes. If you're, if you're a Delta guy, you will fly through Atlanta several times in your life. My dad always used to say to me, uh, when you die on your way to heaven, you'll likely connect in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you you like the airport thing. You also like um, you like NASCAR. Now, how did this start? How did I like NASCAR? You just started uh, watching. So when I was in like seventh grade, uh, I was at my grandfather's house, and he. So I, my mom's side of the family has like a weird racing history. So my grandfather did like dirt racing and stuff like. 50s and the 60s and raced against NASCAR people from way back when, like your Lee Petties, your Kill Yarbroughs, because uh, he's from the the kind of the PD Florence area where a lot of NASCAR, the tobacco region where it really kind of took off. Uh, and so I was over at his house one day and he just turned on like qualifying for a race. And it was just seeing all the cars and the logos and the weird names of people that drive cars. I was like, huh, I want to watch this. So then I spent the weekend watching races and I was like, this is cool. And so uh, it was fun, and I just got into it from there. I would say, like most sports for me, I'm very fair weather, not just like with teams. Like I just, 
for a season, we'll get really into one sport, and then we'll stop caring about it for a while. And I'd say I'm not, like, super into NASCAR right now. Like, I know what's going on. Like, I understand, like, if you and I wanted to have a conversation about it, like, I could probably tell you what's going on. But I'm not, like, I haven't been watching the last few races this season. Um, but NASCAR seems like it's in a good place as a sport right now. So, I guess that's cool. Oh, that's cool. We went to the Daytona. We did. We, we went to Daytona together. It was cool. It's massive. It's it is huge. large. Oh gosh, I can't believe it. It's it's ginormous. So it's two and a half miles long, which doesn't seem like a lot when you say it, because the lap times are about 55 seconds per lap, but these cars are going 200 miles an hour. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it you feel it <laughs> when you when you go out there and you just look around. It's, it's crazy. On TV, it makes it look... Very small. Now, that was a great weekend. Do you have any favorite memories from from that weekend? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> late nights, a lot of people making very fun decisions. That that is that was the theme of that fun weekend. Fun is what you call it. <laughs> fun. Maybe, maybe regretful decisions. <laughs> fun, maybe. Fun, fun for some people. Uh, idiotic for others. We all make decisions. Some some good, some bad. That's just part of being human. It was a good time. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, I, I will say I will never try to go down the stairs in my socks at your cousin's house again. That was a, that was a bad idea. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of steps you can fall down. In there, that was a lot of steps. And, they, and I felt every one of them on my way down. The big? Are you talking about the big spiral one? Or No, this was coming from where we were playing poker. Yes, that room. Okay. Yeah, so going down those stairs, I, I, it, I remember I fell asleep while we were playing mm. that. What is it, that gentleman's game? That yeah, thing, that we don't talk about that game. game. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I can't even explain it. This this game mm. you had us going, but it, it's this bizarre game, and I I don't know. I, for some for some reason I didn't automatically forfeit by falling asleep during the middle of it. You see, my thing, Bryce, is that I get tired. I just fall asleep. You do. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could. You remember back in high school? I remember. There are days where you know we would just give out first <laughs> period, and that was it. Uh, I can't really think of any like specific times that stood out. I mean, teachers often would just make fun of it. Uh, but normal, normally Manoli is either on, like Manoli was ready and itching for a fight, just like ready to go at it with somebody and debate something or another politically or what have you. Uh, or he was down for the count. <laughs> yeah, the, was... the, two, the two statuses of Manoli. Yeah, some days I just come in with my sunglasses on and I would just sit there mm-hmm. and just kind of just kind of doze off. Yeah. It was uh, it was needed. That's before I started drinking coffee. Oh, so you, you know what happened was um, freshman year, second semester, I had a class. It was statistics. I kept falling asleep. The lady goes, "Have you ever tried coffee?" I'm like, "No." She's like, "You need to start drinking coffee." I'm right. like, "Okay." So that's how I got into coffee. Um, but no, so this was pre-coffee Manoli and. Yeah, he would just, uh, he, I say, I feel like I'm a lot calmer now than I was in high school. Probably. A little more level-headed? Uh, yes, I would say. I'm not, I don't hang out with you really in, like, settings of a lot of people, as I did in high school, so I don't really know if I got 10 friends and we all just hung out how you would fare. I just have no frame of reference for that, but around me, you're calmer, so I guess that's good. (laughs) Um, how would you describe our school? In, in our high school? Yeah, in, in like three words. Three words are high school. Unique. Okay. Small. Yes. Memorable. Memorable. Can you expand? Uh, I think, as with anyone who 
when you grow up with the same group of 30-ish people from kindergarten through 12th grade, you're going to have make memories, especially if there's not a large amount of you and you're just together for 12 years. Um, and I think that creates this culture of uh, the, the, the camaraderie among us is just so weird. And it's also just school, like going through life changes and puberty together. It means that there's just weird interactions among us all. And so weird interactions among students leads to weird interactions among teachers, weird relationships with teachers and students, and just all kinds of mess. That combined with some interesting school management and administration, and that leads to many of the memories we had at the Baptist. At the Baptist. At the Baptist. That's what we used to say, at the Baptist. Now, now you, you, um, how would you say, what was it like, how should I say, like day to day, you know, interacting with the, you know, our classes, what, what would you say they were like? Uh, wild. Wild, yes, that's, that's a word. Lots of yelling and fighting. <laughs> Lots. Particularly with, you know, one of our history teachers, remember? Oh, you're talking about with teachers. Sure, yes. yes. History teachers and Spanish teachers in particular, and sometimes English teachers, but... Do you, do you remember the Civil War with the Spanish teacher? Civil War with the Spanish teacher? Do you remember yes. he, he yes. to leave an uprising yes. against the language department? We did. Ah, I thought it was against administration. Well, maybe it was both. I think it was... Either big, way, he lost. He, he lost, yes. Big time. He, he lost big time. But... <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to get we don't want to get in too far into it, but let's just say it was uh, was a unique experience going to school the way we did. There was a lot of debating that really shouldn't have happened. I, I don't think. Uh, which made for a great debate team. Yes. In high school, uh, we had one teacher that put it together. Of this class loves to argue with each other. What if we could corral this and formalize it, and we would win competitions we won every year. And so our senior year, this teacher was like, we have to do this. And we're like, why? And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, this is going to be great. And so she corralled us all to do it, and we did it. And we went up there and, like, won a ton of awards. We won a ton. We won, basically. Genuinely. (laughs) Talk about a great teacher, knowing the gifts of her students. It's like, yeah, she was driven up the wall by how much we argued with one another and debated things. But then she's like, well, let's just go out and win awards to to show that we're good at one thing. Yeah, she's a good lady. Um, Great. Yeah, so we it basically we fall amongst ourselves so much that we just kind of it, it, we were we were trained to debate against other people. We were, yeah. It, you know, sometimes it, it would just you know I, I would say I was guilty of this. I would just get a little little riled up, you know. Yeah, you bit. were Bryce. You were always a level headed one. I would say you were kind of in the middle of the road, the I, middle ground. I, I hope so. I, I hope so. Because I remember uh, our history teacher. He said. Uh, what do he say? He, he's like, y'all are being really obnoxious, okay? Yeah. Manoli likes to bring up things that aren't relevant. Sam likes to argue about everything. Everyone else talks about everything other than what I'm talking about. And Bryce, you're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. I'm I'm content in these modern times to be just okay. Well, you're more than okay. I mean. You're a good guy. Sure, and I appreciate that. But okay is fine. Okay like, is fine. I will take okay. You're, you're fine being, you know, the... Sure. Be- kind of behind the scenes. Absolutely. You I don't want to get caught in the crossfire. You don't want to get caught in the crossfire. No. But I think I've caught that. And we've, we've remained close. Yeah. All the way through. Pretty college. Uh, what would you say is your fondest memory of high school? What, when you think about high school, what do you look back on and you're thankful for? Two things. Um, one, the first time I sang an opera aria in front of a crowd. 
it was the evening of the arts, my freshman year of high school. I never forget it. I think it was, I guess it was 14, 13, 14, something like that. Just the the response I got, I expected, I didn't know if I was any good. I mean, looking back now, of course, I cringe at how I sounded, but you know, I didn't know if I was any good at singing. I didn't know what kind of response I was going to get, but it was a very warm response from the entire crowd. Just yeah. the, were you there? Uh, I don't think so. No. I think I watched the video, though. Yeah, so it was just the, the response I got from everybody, like, it was kind of felt like I was accepted by, you know. Yeah, you know, people in my own grade, people in the upper school and middle, you know, I mean, we, listen, you, you remember back in middle school, we weren't exactly the, how should we say, the popular kids. No, and that's fine. Which is fine, which is fine. Yes, I agree. But I felt, I felt a a great rush. And then, again, when I won the student body, the state government election. Yes. That was a big one. That was a big one for me. Um, Big things for me. And just, you know, the day to day, just the funny the funny stories, the little incidents, the, hey, you know, just the, the culture, you know, getting to go to school downtown Charleston. Yeah. That was a big part of it. Walking to, you know, the, down to Normandy or yeah. wherever it is that we used to go and parking on the battery, that kind of thing. Um, I'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> i never forget the one time I got in trouble with, like, administration. Oh, tell me about this. You I weren't there? I don't think you were there. Okay. So... So I was, we had to park basically in this big tourist zone. It got very right. difficult to park, essentially. Yes. You had to get there well before 7 a.m. when school didn't start till 8 if you wanted, like, the best of the best spots in terms of free parking. So yeah. I was typically getting there at, like, 6.45, 6.50 some mornings. And you'd see everyone else rolling in a little bit after that. But it was, if you wanted prime parking, which, mind you, prime parking is still a 10-minute walk to school. Yes. Right? Prime parking is not within... The, the miss of school, they used to auction off one spot at the school every year, and it would go for thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how much of a premium parking is. Mm-hmm. So, parking is a huge deal. Let me let's just start there for context, right? So, so I would always get there and I would try to take a nap before school because, as we've stated, I, I get I get sleepy and I just fall asleep. Now, some people would get there early, they might do uh, other activities, extracurricular activities, let us say, uh, you know, use your imagination, but um. Um, anyway, so I, I get there early one day and I'm taking a nap, right? This man pulls up beside me. He's trying to park the car, his car. And now, now I was parked in front of a driveway. Okay. Now I can't move and block the driveway. So he's trying to get into this really tight spot, but behind me in front of another car, he's trying to parallel park. And it takes him like, I don't know how long I wasn't even paying attention. I like look back after 10 minutes to see it wasn't that long after 10 minutes to see if he had parked yet. And I look back, and the man is standing behind my license plate. He's writing it down. I'm like, well, what did I do to this guy? I'm like, uh, excuse me, sir, is there a problem? He's like, yeah, you didn't move your car for me so I could park. And I'm writing down your license plate, and if you touch my car, I'll sue you. I'm like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you didn't move up for me. I'm like, I would have been blocking the driveway. It would have been my car that got towed, you jerk. I didn't say anything. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. And I got, you know how it was. I, yes. I got mad. Yes, so, of course. So I'm, I'm explaining the story. This is before school. So I'm standing in the, in the hallway and I'm saying, I'm saying something. I'm telling the story that everyone around me, you know, I, I, I like to hold court because I don't know. I just, I, I get a rush out of it somehow. Anyway, so I'm holding court. And I, I'm like, like that guy could go F himself. And I, I hear behind me, Manoli! and I turn around the English teacher, Miss Clark. Mm. She looks at me and she, I'm, like, I'm just like, <gasps> my, my jaw just drops to the floor. 
and she just runs to the principal's office, and then I'm like, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. And then he comes out, you know, he comes out, he just, he just waves me over with the finger, the finger of doom. I'm like, I'm like, sir, do with me what you will. I know Did what you actually say that? Yes, I said, <laughs> do with me what you will. He's like, don't do that. I'm like, okay. And that was it. So, but okay, that's yeah. my, that's the most trouble I ever got in. I should have, I probably should have gotten more trouble for some of the things I did and yeah. stuff. But, you know, we're, we, we're, we're calmer now. I know you can't tell, but I'm, I'm different. Okay. Yeah. I, I think a little bit different. College calmed us down. So, that's Bryce, how do you feel about, we're, we're big baseball fans, me and mm-hmm. Bryce. How do you feel about the state of the game? All right, state of the game. I'd say the state of the game is fine, uh, could be better. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of how the Players Association came out of this lockout. Uh, it seemed like everybody kind of got to this state uh, well, we have to play baseball. We have to. We just got to. We're going to lose money. We lost all this money in the pandemic. We just got to play. They didn't have to. The players could have gotten so much more out of it. But anyway, story for other day. Um, but right now, we're seeing a pretty weird season to start overall. Lots of pitching dominance, which is never fun. Um, I'm surprised we haven't seen kind of like what we saw at the start of last year with like all these perfect games one after another and stuff we're like that. Uh, but it, it really feels like the baseball is just dead again to start the year. Um, which, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how long that holds up. But uh, it's not it's not too entertaining of a game right now. Let's just say that. Uh, I hope we can get back there. Mostly the entertaining part is the comedy that bad management, bad players, and bad umpires is bringing us at this time, which is an, a lot of fun. But it's about it. Um, yeah, the first complete game of the season was run last night. Walker Bueller, right? Yes, Walker Bueller, my my man. <laughs> yeah. What are? Yeah, let me get your opinions on that. So it's. April 26th, we are three weeks into a game, and, or into the season, and the first time in three weeks. And keep in mind, you've got 15 games a day. Of course. So hundreds of games in, and the first time a, put, a one pitcher goes the distance. And mind you, several times this season has a pitcher gone through like seven innings or so, been a no, throwing a no-hitter, and game. gets pulled. Like Max Scherzer last night, same deal. Went, oh, I think seven innings two. without a run, and then the Mets choke it in the ninth. So, what are what are your thoughts? Um, I was surprised that they let Walker go that distance. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because, I mean, you know what happened with Kershaw. They pulled him after seven perfect innings. I mean, so I think he, Walker came out and said, I think Dave was pressuring him to come out after the eighth. He said no. <laughs> Basically, he's like, I'm not coming out after that, which I love to see. I love to see it. And Walker got off to a rocky start because – the Dodgers pitching has been great, but he was like the outlier. So he, he like the first two starts of the season, he posted like a, over a four ERA, which is unusual yeah. for him. I think he needed this confidence to get back, even if it was against the Diamondbacks, and Diamondbacks suck. Even if it was against the Diamondbacks, I think he needed the confidence for himself to get back on track. I mean, listen, he pitched, he was dominant. He gave up three hits. It really should have been two. One was yeah. basically an error, the first one. No runs, 10 strikeouts, complete game, his third of his career. First complete game shutout. Um, I love to watch it. It was it the why was it the pragmatic thing to do to throw you know over a hundred pitches in April? No, maybe not. But you know, I I think it'll be fine. I mean, wins are wins, though. I think that's that's the thing that I think baseball people are forgetting is a lot of baseball people are like, you've got to play for September. It's like you've got to get to September first. Yeah. Um, and I am thankful for teams that are willing to play hard now. 
and at least create some excitement now to try to build up something good for October baseball. Um, and so, yeah, I'm all for complete game pitching. And uh, and also, worth mentioning, too, should Roberts have pulled Bueller? Probably. But at the same time, who do they have in the pen that's actually going to hold the fort down, right? Because it's like... Kimbrel. I mean, uh, I mean, to Kimbrel, but like... Well, Trinan's Trinan's out. Gravarol, man. Yeah, and realistically, the Dodgers don't have the pen that they've had over recent years of, uh, I mean, Kenley Jansen's not there. You've got the slowpoke Pedro Baez and his comment. It's like these characters that have kind of held the Dodgers pitching staff together, even when the starters haven't been that good. I mean, keep in mind, for a long time, like, other than Kershaw, you had guys there like Alex Wood that were the go-to guy in a rotation. It's like if he is your go-to guy in your rotation, then it's, you have to rely on your pen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ro- I mean, I think about like Ross Strickling, those guys. That, I mean, the, Do- the Dodgers, it's been a while since they had a great rotation like they have right now. And so uh, I think Dave really relying on that rotation more than the pen is not a bad move. And I also think leaving Bueller in for that reason is also not a bad move. Plus the first game of the series. Yes, so, you know, it's fine. Ready to Save the now. pen. Yeah. Let's do all those things. So, um, how do you feel about um, the San Diego Motorola's? I'm sorry, the, catch me up on that meme. The they they are the first baseball team to have a company buy an ad on the the jersey. How do you feel about that? Do you think I, it's good? I'm fine with it. Uh, it doesn't ruin the. Well, you're a NASCAR fan. Baseball, you're used to you're used to people wearing so, ads. <laughs> I don't I don't like the idea that sports are these like pristine historic things where it's like we can't evolve. I think it's fine. NBA is doing it. Uh, like you said, NASCAR's been doing it for years. Even like, heck. So I grew up, uh, middle wants to talk about hockey. We can talk hockey. So the South Carolina Stingrays were my team growing up. Games all the time. Since I've gone to games, they've always had a patch on their jersey for something. Uh, for the longest time, it's been like a Chevy dealership in town. Um, and I think they still have that patch. And like other teams in the minors will have like Kroger or whatever local company they want to put on there. Um, but I mean, it's never really been... It's not, it's not a new thing in the U.S. like we think it out to be. Like It's not this like, oh, we're blending the European sports with Jersey's going to be the main central thing. It's like it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, and I just – I think it's fine. It doesn't really take anything away from me. I mean, but come on. I mean, Stingrays are a minor league hockey team. You're talking about a major league baseball team. Sure. You, I mean, but also you got to think Motorola's got to be paying so much money though. Like, I didn't realize they were still playing. Uh, what do they make? I'm sure phones that no one buys, but this is their chance to get back <laughs> on the market, though, right? This is their chance. This is their chance. The Padres I mean, are going to lead them to greatness. They get primetime TV 162 nights a year, if not more, because the Padres could make postseason. They, they're very well capable. And so, uh, I mean, I think that's a huge dollar amount they're going to be paying for it, and it could pay off or not, and that's also okay. But I, I think it is good. I don't see a reason why it is not a good thing. You're a Yankee fan. I am a Yankee fan. How'd that happen? Uh, we had the River Dogs in town. Oh, that's they right. Were yes. Yankees affiliate. And I was like, ah, so the people I get to see here are going to play in the majors one day. And they did, right? So I grew up with the likes of Judge and mm-hmm. Gary Sanchez and Severino and these guys coming through the team. Even other random people that went to other teams, like uh, – uh, Jose Quintana was a River Dog first, and then he went to the White Sox, and then eventually the Cubs, and wherever he is now. Um, but even different people like that that have kind of come up originally as 
a river dog through the Yankee system. I don't know. It's just been fun to kind of follow that. Um, they're, the Yankees are fine, I guess, right now. Uh, now, I re- think maybe this is my bias. I love Gary. They should not have traded Gary. Uh, my One of my best friends is a Yankees fan, and he's so thankful that Gary's gone. He's literally texting me. He's like, praise God. But I'm, I thought Gary was fine. Gary is not good on defense, but can hit. And I think I am all for the money ball strategy of let's just put people on base. I don't think you need these like crazy pitch framing catchers who will hit 200 yet uh, give your pitcher a uh, perfect game. No, it's like I would rather see my Yankees win like nine to seven than like one to nothing. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. Um, I was going to ask you something. What the heck was that again? You always forget. You, you see, you, you you get me off track. You're just so unpredictable. So I don't know where, where you're going to go. Um, Bryce, you know, we grew up in Charleston. How's the city changed? How's the city changed? Uh, I'd say there, when I was a kid going to school downtown, uh, it was peaceful, quiet, serene, small-ish town, yet has everything you need. Uh, and now you can't go an inch without running into 12 tourists. That's it. That's the biggest thing that's changed. Uh, while I'm thankful that every magazine and their mother wants to talk about how great Charleston is and everyone else. So I think it's funny on the USC, when you, when you come to USC, uh, there is like a bucket list they gave me like on the first day of orientation. And like, yes. one of like the top 10 things to do is to take a trip to Charleston. Uh-huh. So if, Coming to Columbia is like a gateway to Charleston. It's like I a two-hour drive. Right. And so I think that frames just how big of a deal Charleston's becoming right now out of nowhere. Um, I don't – it's just weird to me. Um, it, but it's this tourist trap all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think it's a good thing. I don't really know. It'll be a better thing if they finish 526. But we don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but do you think that do you think too many people move here too fast? No, uh, Charleston is going to expand. I mean, outward. I mean, uh, if you have a farm uh, in Ravenel or in Allendale right now, or in like I don't know wherever the Volvo plant is going up twenty six. Yeah, uh, like if you have a farm or a lot of land out there, uh, hug it while it lasts because you are probably about to lose it, or you could sell it for a lot of money like right you now. Steal it. Uh, I mean. Eminent domain. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> the, 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 the city of Charleston will get what it wants in that regard. Um, yeah, that's beyond the city. That's up to. They'll get what they want. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> not, enough about city politics in that regard. I think I, I am all for uh, Charleston giving South Carolina a sense of like a big city feel for once. Um, I think it could be a good thing for. The region, because other than Charlotte, the Carolinas don't really have like a, a big no. city. Um, the the closest like true city per se is Atlanta, really. And so, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if if Charleston could rival a place like Charlotte in terms of like population and workforce and all those things. I mean, they've got the business there now that they've got like Boeing, and so uh, I could easily see even more of that coming in. I mean, Google's like right around the corner in some random town mm-hmm. off of uh, 95 right there. And so I could easily see some further expansion of the Charleston area, even out to like I-95 or something like that, which would be crazy. But uh, I, I could easily see even more uh, 
expansion of the city, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. Either. Yeah, I think it's nice people want to move into my town. Yeah, that, I think that's it's my attitude. Thing. I, you know, you're somewhere desirable. Right. Of course, it's going to make it hard for when, you know, I move back there. Yeah. I'll try to find my own place, but eh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Or you're not, you're not going back. No, I no. probably won't go back. No. I love, uh, I mean, my wife and I are here. Her family's here. Um, it's just accessible. I mean, we just got a ton of friends in Columbia right now where it's like we don't have any real interest in moving. And honestly, like I, for the reasons we've talked about of like why we're why we're happy that Charleston's grown, it's for those reasons I wouldn't want to move back. Yeah. It's like I just don't want to go right back to the thick of that. Even now, in the midst of this housing market and things like that, it's like ah, I could, just could not do it. No, no, no. Um, you know they gave the Con Nass gave it to somebody else this year. Did you know that? I think they gave it to Aspen, maybe, or some some place in Colorado. I don't know. They finally gave us a rest. Maybe finally. maybe more people will move out there. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll turn it <laughs> uh, Fun fact about Aspen, Colorado. It's the only place out. Random fact for your listeners today. It's the Please. only place outside of South Carolina that has a home team barbecue. Why do they have a home team barbecue? Is it the same people? It's the same people. I don't I don't know the answer to these questions. Oh. But I remember. Uh, looking at their menu the other day, well, we were at the one right over here in Five Points, and it was like locations menus, and it's like Charleston, Columbia, Greenville, and Aspen, Colorado. How random! How random! I don't answer these yeah, questions. Yeah, they're putting the halls in uh, Nashville. Are they? Oh, yes, yes. I'm all for. Uh, I'm all for South Charleston, South Carolina restaurants expanding. The one that needs to take off, and I'm glad it's starting to take off finally, is East Bay Deli. Uh, so for you listeners who are listening to this 10 years later and East Bay Deli has taken over your town, uh, be thankful because East Bay Deli is a treat in and of itself. Uh, I grew up going to the one downtown Charleston, actually on East Bay street. And now I'm in college and they've got like seven or so here in Columbia. Yeah, they, they, have a lot. they just, so I live across the river in Casey and they just built one like a minute from my house, right? Uh, right over the bridge. And so it's easy, quick lunch spot. So good. Go there all the time. You know, I thought about Colorado. I thought about your airport thing. How would you, how would you describe? Have you been to the Denver International? Oh, absolutely. Airport? What totally. would you did? Would you say that there's something? You know, there's a big theory about this, and we've talked about this at length. There's many theories. There's a theory the about the Denver International Airport that it's connected, you know, to reptilian shapeshifters and a new world order or some something. Did you notice anything strange while you were there? So, if I had to guess, there's enough evidence to show that something has or is happening there. Uh, as far as lizard people or the New World Order, probably not. But <laughs> it does scare you when you see bunkers and see that the airport is shaped in the form of a swastika. Yeah. And see just weird figurines of horsemen and lizards all over the airport. So it, it's enough to creep you out and make you ask questions for sure. Uh, could I see there being some interesting activity underground the airport? Like at least like a bunker or something like that? Eh, probably. I would not... That would not surprise me, and I think that's probably what it is, but uh, God, does that airport have such a weird way of wanting to convey that. <laughs> so you think that there's something on I that. think there's something happening there. I don't think it's anything. We're right. not going to take it. You know, this isn't the Illuminati. It's not. Area 51 is not underneath that airport, okay. but I could easily see it being like a hideout bunker or something a bit more like militaristic, something a bit more discreet that's not as flashy and as conspiratorial, but something that's kind of useful and practical for the government. Uh, so I, I, that building has secrets. I don't know what they are. I don't think they're important enough to where the lizards mean anything or the horses. The lizards or the horses. The pale horses, if you would. No. <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, a cute dog, by the way. Yeah. A 
adorable. Yeah, she's great. What kind of doll? So it's a mini Bernadoodle. Uh, So it is a, like, so several generations above it were bred a Bernie's Mountain Dog and a Poodle. And they intentionally, from there, bred several generations of small versions of those Bernadoodles. And then this is the small offspring of two Bernadoodles. And so it's supposed to only get up to 35 pounds, which is great. Uh, but Uni is great. Uh, I, this is the first time in my life I'm actually having to like, take care of something. Because I was an only child. We never had pets. And uh, my mom, for all practical purposes, stayed at home. Uh, and then when my dad passed, I was already at that point like 16, 17. So I'm already self-sufficient. So... And then marriage, it's like we equally take care of each other, but it's not like we can't, you know, live without the other person. And so this is the first time that there is a breathing thing that is will die if I do not support it. And so there, there's a weird weight there for sure. But overall, it's fun. It's great. So 35 pounds, that's how big it will get? 35 is the cap. Okay. Um, it, we, it'll probably get there or she will probably get to 35 because she has grown like a pound a week. Oh, wow. We got her at nine weeks, nine pounds. We're now at 13 weeks. She is now 13 pounds. Oh. Uh, so, yes, I don't see a way in which she does not get to 50. Or not 50, what, 35? 50, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a lot more than you bargained for. <laughs> would not surprise me. Um, Bryce, you know, I, you know I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm very proud of you. I'm, I'm very happy to call you my friend. You know, I think, I think Dr. Jackie Ogden would be would be very proud of she you. She would. What a reference. I was what a reference. You were it. not expecting that. I was that. not expecting Manoli to bring up Dr. Jackie Ogden on this podcast. But that, was, that was great. Dr. Jackie Ogden is a leader for us all, yeah. along with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It's Buddy E.T. It's Buddy E.T. Yeah, so, yeah. Just uh, go to Disney. Go to Orlando if you want those references. Yes, go to, if you have, if you want to get those references, you got to experience it Have yourself. you, or are you planning on writing, uh, are you planning on writing, uh, Writing what? Uh, staying at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser? Oh no, I think that's much too expensive. Interesting. So if the price came down, would you do it? How how down? Uh, so what are they at right now? Like a thousand a room? I, I think it's more. Okay, I think it's like two thousand. Would you two nights? Maybe that's several. So if you got a group of friends together to do it, like four or five people, or you went with your family, would you do it at like a thousand a room? Yeah, those two nights. Okay, yeah. I'll do it. yeah. Uh, I haven't heard great things about it. No, I've heard some actually like pretty poor reviews of it, which is kind of interesting because when I've like watched some like videos online about it, it seems pretty cool. It's like, I don't understand the negative reviews from it. I'm guessing it's feedback from the fact that they haven't really sold out any of the Mm -hmm. voyages, whatever they're calling it so far, but, uh, looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. I don't know if it's worth the price tag. No as it stands, but I think if they bring it down, yep. which they will, because yes. they're going to have to, otherwise they're going to have to admit that they can't fill this hotel that right. they've been building for years. Yes. Trying to market. I think they'll have to bring it down, but yeah, if they brought it down and you know, if it was like, like you said, four or five people and we all split it, split it uh, equally, I would, I would do it. Yeah. Sure. I think so. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars guy. You know yeah. That. I know. You, you, you're, you're kind of a star. Kind of. Not you're really. more Marvel, aren't you? Yeah, I would say so. And even then, I'm, again, a Fairweather fan because there'll be times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to sit down and watch every Disney Plus show at 3 a.m. as soon as it drops. And then there are other times where I'm like, eh, I'll get around to Moon Knight at some point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's kind of here and there. Uh, that's really me with just about almost everything, it feels like. 
Even me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there are seasons where I talk to Manoli too much, and other times where I oh. don't talk to oh. Manoli, and that's Ooh, fine. See, that's see, fine. Too much. It's too much of me. I think so. There is a this good is amount get along. of Manoli in your coffee each morning. There's a right amount. There's not. There is a too much. There is a too little, and there's a right amount. Is the right amount. You see, I see. This is why we get along. See, he he says that stuff to me. Other people don't. I appreciate it. Honesty. I appreciate the honesty. Open you know? and clear communication. Yeah, and that's what I said. But I, I had to give the the speech of the fact, a speech at one of the many speeches at his wedding. Um, I said, you know why I like Bryce is that he tells you it like it is. He he doesn't mince words. He tells you how he's feeling. So if I if I say something out of line, he's going to say, "Manoli, come on, what are you talking about?" Yeah. That's that's what you need. People like that in your life, I think. Yeah, you don't want to yes people. No, I don't understand. Uh, I have a tough time understanding people who are not just honest with each other and will just lie to get get what they want. It's like, I don't really see what that does for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, this doesn't make sense. It's like, honestly, I think if people respected honest and clear communication more, even if it hurt their feelings, we'd live in a much better world than we do now. But then again, people don't like hearing things that they don't like hearing. Uh, and no. so... Uh, if they don't want to hear it, they're not going to care about you at all. What was your What was your personality thing? I don't know them all. What was your thing? Talking about like the Enneagram? Or yeah, that. What, yeah. what does yours mean? So Enneagram, I'm not as into it as something. So for context listeners, this is a personality test that you take. It's like 100 questions, and it gives you a number between 1 and 9. They all mean different things. They all have like wings and different kind of side groups that kind of help explain like what your motive. And I think what's cool about this one is basically it's like how do you interact with other people? It's not necessarily a who are you on the inside, but it's more of a who are you practically speaking. Uh, so my number was a three, uh, which is an achiever. Uh, so my mindset, my default around other people, around social settings is what is there to gain and what is there to win and how can I go and run after that? Um, I'd say that's genuinely how I process things and it's tough to kind of break from that. Uh, there are two wings for the three. It's either a wing two or wing four. Wing twos... Uh, lean towards how can we as a team win? How can we do it? So three wing twos are great baseball coaches. They're they're going to rally their team to go after their title. How can we? It's not an I doing it. It's a we doing it. Three wing four is like I don't care about you. I'm going to win. I I alone am the winner. You you all are the losers. I'd say I lean more to the three wing four. Unfortunately, uh, as much as I'd love to be. Uh, let's do this together, guys. Uh, I'd be pretty competitive. I, I, I think I'm very competitive naturally. In the right setting. And I get frustrated when anybody, even people I'm working with, competes against me. Just naturally, that's just my default. I mean, it's something I work on for sure because I don't think that's a positive quality all the time. But at the same time, it's just a default personality type thing. Well, I was eight. Eight. So Does that make sense? Eight was a justice seeker or like a truth teller. So, I mean, as we all know, Manoli calls it like it is. And we'll tell you. And we'll be very bold about that. Uh, I'm assuming your wing was seven. Okay. So seven, the reason why is because nine is a peacemaker. And Manoli is not much of a peacemaker. Uh, seven is more of like a socialite. So they're, they just okay, live, yeah, they're the life seven. of the party. Yeah. Uh, so Manoli likes to get around and likes to be around people, which we all know. Oh, yeah. He is the life of the party. But his primary default is he he is truthful in doing so. Like he does not, he will not be friends and socialize with people who are not willing to hear out and tolerate his bluntness, which is true of him. Yes. And true of the people around him. It's not for everyone. No, Manoli is not for everyone. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. But um, 
No, I appreciate it. Yeah, I forgot what exactly mine meant, so I wanted to ask you. Um, now, Bryce, you we, we also come from a background in performing. We do. Yes, so we, we did a couple shows together. Yeah, we did. We did the we Lion did, King. We did Lion King. That was that fun. That was Scar. You were... No, it was, no, was the parrot. What's the parrot's name? Zazu. Zazu, that's right. Zazu, yes. Yeah, so do you miss performing? Uh, I'd say so. I'd say there's a lot of areas in which I get to... I don't want to call it performing. Uh, I'd say... What I loved about acting was that I got to get on stage and talk to people, even if I wasn't talking to the audience or even if I wasn't playing me. I got to get on a stage and just talk. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be said about enjoying being in front of people and talking and singing or performing or what have you. Um, and honestly, that's kind of why I love kind of career and different things I'm going into is like I for, for the rest of my life, I get to be in front of a crowd and just talk. Um yeah. Not to kind of dig too much into what I'm doing in my life, but uh, that that's kind of uh, what I enjoyed about it the most is less like the accuracy of what I'm doing or the specifics of singing and, and, and being something different. I didn't really find much comfort in uh, being someone other than me, but uh, I'd say I enjoy just being in front of a lot of people and saying things. Is, do you think, I mean, you've taken some leadership roles yeah. in your church and whatnot. Do you think it comes from that? I'd say so. I'd say naturally I find, I, I, I wrestled with the idea of people naturally being leaders because I'm like, ah, it doesn't seem right. But I mean, I've talked to pastors and things like that and they're like, nope, you're just a good leader and that's a good thing and we need good leaders. And so uh, I think that's given me some comfort in terms of, no, this is just a gifting I feel like I have. Um, it's just to lead people well. Um, and I like to think I do a good job of that. Maybe I don't. I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, <laughs> I like to think I handle that fine, <laughs> um, leading people. But, I mean, I, I'd say that that kind of roots from, like, the enjoyment of doing theater and not necessarily, like I said, performing, but just getting on a stage in front of lots of people. Like, I was never one of those who had, like, this massive amounts of stage fright. Like, I honestly, like, the highlight of my year was performing. Because it meant I had all these people who were just looking at me. And so, yeah. That's great. Um, we're about to graduate soon. We are. Yes. So uh, mine's Friday. What day are you? Uh, Saturday, I think so. Because education. So oh, Saturday. okay. Well, um, well, again, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. So, Bryce, thank you for coming on. Thank especially you for before, you know, I move away, just staying here. So I really wanted to get you on, especially in person, because I yeah. think it's, it's much better. It's much better in person. But, thank you for having me. Oh, of course. It's my pleasure. It's always good talking to you, Bryce. Yeah. It's always good. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. To come on. And you're great. I've, you know, I've said it before. I said, you're a great guy. I'm proud to call you my friend. Wow. Proud to have you in my life. <laughs> what an honor. Yes, what an honor. And now he's done with me, guys. And now I'm done with him. So this is it. This um, is it. All right. So once again, thank you, Bryce. I will see you all very soon. Have a great rest of your day. Like and subscribe as always. I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you.